You are listening to the podcast of Providence Church in Austin, Texas. We hope this message raises your affections for Jesus and helps you live out the gospel in everyday life. Uh, This passage has a pretty rough start to it, doesn't it? Uh, Verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Meaning, who has cast a spell over you uh, to make you act so dumb? Uh, Verse 3, are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Uh, The Phillips uh, translation of these verses is even more intense. It reads like this. Oh, dear idiots of Galatia, surely you can't be so idiotic. Now, can you imagine if I started a sermon like that? I was like, good morning, idiots. Uh, It's good to see all you fools today. Uh, Open up your Bible to uh, Galatians 3 and we'll get started. Uh, th- this this text, I think, uh, today is is a, is a very specific reminder that Paul's letter to the Galatians is, in many ways, a a, a rebuke. Right? It, it's a re- it's a rebuke born out of love, but it's a rebuke. Uh, Paul loves the Galatians; he loves them a lot, and and, and love doesn't all, always feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, love doesn't always affirm and, and encourage. Uh, sometimes love corrects. Uh, sometimes love rebukes. Uh, especially when the person you love is on a course that leads to destruction. Uh, Matt Chandler says this text is a lot like how a parent loves their child uh, if their little child is about to run out into a busy street. Uh, When you grab that kid uh, as he's about to run out into the street, uh, your words toward him are not like affirming and encouraging. You're not like, whoa, whoa, you're so athletic. (laughs) You're so fast, I can hardly catch you. Uh, your, Your words toward that child uh, take the form of a rebuke. You're like, what are you thinking? Right? You, you, you could die if you run into the street uh, like that. Uh, sometimes love rebukes. Uh, and, and that's what's happening in our text uh, today. Uh, verse 2 and 3 um, are, are kind of the heart uh, of the rebuke. This is what he says in verse 2 and 3. He says, let me ask you this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, Galatians? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? In other words, in the beginning, you guys believed the gospel, that you were saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. But now you're giving in to the false teachers, and that's dangerous. Because the false teachers have come to Galatia and they're telling you guys that now you need to also keep the law of Moses if you really want to be accepted and approved uh, by God and be a part of the people uh, of God. And and you're giving into that. And so you're in danger of deserting the gospel. You're in danger of leaving the gospel. Now, last week, Paul established uh, that the only way to be justified, uh, the only way to be counted righteous before God is through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, only the death and the resurrection of Jesus can justify us or make us acceptable to God. It's not anything we do or don't do that makes us acceptable uh, to God. Uh, it's, it's Jesus and his work. And so what he's saying to the Galatians is, hey, even though you're Gentiles, you are made acceptable to God through your faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, you're in, right? You're totally in with God. You're totally in with the people of God. Um, 
But that raises a question, and the question is, now that we're in, um, how are we supposed to live, right? right? Now that we're counted righteous, how do we grow in actual righteousness? How do we advance in the Christian life? Right? Now that we've started with Jesus, how do we finish? And Paul's going to say that, you, that you finish the same way you started, by faith in Christ. Right? You, you grow in, in Christ in the same way that you became, became a Christian, by faith. I don't know if you noticed when the scripture was being read, but th- that word faith is used a lot in this text. It's, t- it's used 10 times in these short little 14 verses. And so this passage is trying to tell us something about faith. Uh, in the Christian life, we start by faith and we finish by faith, right? We start by faith and we finish by faith, right? Let's, let's look at those two things, uh, those two thoughts, and let them guide us today. Uh, first, we start by faith. Let's look at that. Uh, meaning it's faith is how we become a Christian, right? Uh, Paul asked the Galatians to consider their own experience of how they became Christians. Uh, he asked the question in verse two, look at verse two. He says, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? In other words, how, how did you get the spirit initially? Like, like, was it by keeping all the rules? Uh, was it because you were doing everything the law requires, like getting circumcised? Well, no, that's not it, because you're not circumcised even now. And so that wasn't how you got th- the Spirit, right? Uh, that's why the, the, the Judaizers, that's why the false teachers have come to Galatia, because you haven't been circumcised. They're, they're bugging you to start keeping the law, and yet you already have the Spirit, even though you haven't kept the law perfectly. Uh, and so how did you get the Spirit initially? Uh, well, well, the only other option in verse 2 is by hearing with faith, meaning you heard something and you believed it, right? What did you hear? Look at verse 1. This is what they heard. Verse 1, second part of verse 1. It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Now, this does not mean that the Galatians uh, uh, literally saw Jesus crucified. That had happened many years before. It had happened in Jerusalem, and and they are in Galatia, which is modern-day Turkey. Uh, Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as crucified when they heard the gospel preached, right? Paul had preached the gospel to them publicly, right? And the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ. Specifically, it's the good news about Jesus Christ. Christ crucified. You see that there in verse 1. And so the gospel is not just a message about the sweet little baby Jesus, right? Even though we love that story, that's not what the gospel is. It's not just a message uh, about uh, the, the wonderful teachings of Jesus, it's not, nor is it a, just a message about the miracles of Jesus or the stories of Jesus loving on people. Uh, the gospel is a message about Jesus crucified. And Paul says that Jesus was publicly portrayed as crucified before your eyes, which means that Jesus was so vividly portrayed as crucified in the preaching of the gospel that you heard, uh, that hearing it uh, with your ears was as if you were seeing it with your eyes, right? You, You didn't literally see it, but you saw it. 
You saw it. You understood it. Your eyes were opened because you understood the significance of Christ crucified. Because you not only heard the historical facts about Jesus being crucified, uh, you heard what it means. Uh, you, you heard it means uh, that Jesus uh, died in your place, that Jesus died to take away your sins, that Jesus died so that you could be justified uh, before God. And, and Paul is saying to the Galatians, Galatians, when you heard that, you heard it with faith. You heard it with faith, meaning you believed what you heard. And, and, and you didn't just believe the historical facts about Jesus crucified, like something you heard on the, the History Channel. You believed that Jesus was crucified for you, for you. And Paul's reminding the Galatians, that's how you started as a Christian, right? That's how you received the Spirit initially, by faith, by faith in Christ crucified, not by keeping the law. Now, our experience, uh, all of us that are Christians, is the same as, as the Galatians. Uh, if you think about it, if you're a Christian, um, how did you get started in your relationship uh, w- with God? Like, did God come to you uh, and into your life because you were keeping all the rules? Right? Did, did God come to you because you were doing everything just right? To the point where God's like, man, I got to get this guy on my team because he's checking all the boxes, right? No. The only boxes I, were, I was checking in my life were, were the ones that benefited me. My eyes were only on me until Christ was portrayed as crucified before me and my eyes were opened. I saw Jesus crucified and I believed the gospel. And that's how I became a Christian. I believed that Christ was crucified for me. And that's how the Christian life started. It started by faith in Jesus. Now, Paul... um, doesn't just remind the Galatians of their own experience. Uh, He does something else here. He also points to the example of Abraham uh, here. And and this is like a genius move uh, by Paul. This is like a ninja move that he makes on the false teachers here because the false teachers are appealing to the law of Moses. Moses is their big dog teacher. And so Paul says, you know what? I'm going to take you way back further uh, than Moses. I'm going to take you back to Abraham, uh, the father of our faith. And let me show you something that Abraham teaches us about how we start a relationship with God, how we get into right relationship with God. So look at verse six, Galatians chapter three, verse six. He's been saying, you Galatians started your relationship with God by faith. And then verse six says, just as Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. That's Abraham's experience. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, this is a quote uh, from Genesis uh, chapter 15. Let me tell you what's happening in Genesis chapter 15 when this quote happens. Uh, God had promised Abraham a son. Uh, In fact, he had promised Abraham many sons. Uh, back in Genesis chapter 12, God had come to Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you into a great nation. Uh, I'm going to bless you, uh, and I'm going to bless all the families of the earth through your offspring. Right? Uh, uh, but when we come to Genesis chapter 15, which is like 10 years after Genesis 12, uh, Abraham didn't have any offspring yet. Uh, he didn't even have one son yet, and yet he's getting older. Uh, he's in his 80s by now, and his wife is struggling with infertility. So it just doesn't look like it's going to happen. So Abraham in Genesis 15 says to God, you know what, God, I'll just make one of the servants in my house my heir. Because it doesn't, obviously I'm not going to have a son. I'm like an old guy. Uh, and, and God does something in this moment 
that's so wonderful. I want you to see it in Genesis, or I want you to hear it uh, from Genesis uh, 15. Watch what God does. This is so gracious. God, uh, God takes Abraham outside and he says, I want to show you something, uh, Abraham, uh, that you can see with your eyes. I want to portray my promise to you before your eyes. I want you to see it. And so he takes Abraham outside, Genesis 15, 5. It says he brought Abraham outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. And then he said to Abraham, so shall your offspring be. God's like, Abraham, look up at, look up at, the, at the night sky, right? The stars are brilliant, aren't they? They're just beautiful. Abraham, I want you to start counting the stars, right? And, and let me know, like, when you come up with a final number, right? And I'll wait. I'll wait as you count, right? So just, you know, start counting. And Abraham's looking up, and he's like, oh, man, I can't do it. I can't do it. There's too many. And God's like, yeah, that's my point because that's how your descendants will be. They'll be uncountable. They'll be innumerable. And now we come to our quote, Genesis 15, verse six says, and Abraham believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God, not believed in God, Right? He, he believed God. He, he believed the gospel promise that God was, was making and portraying before his, his very eyes. He, he, he believed that God would bring a son into the world and, and bless the whole world through that son. Abraham believed God. That's what faith is. Faith is believing God. Faith is trusting in the unseen son. That's, that's what Abraham's doing, and that's what we do uh, when we put our faith and the promises of God. It says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. It's an accounting term. It was credited to him as, as righteousness. Uh, God said, I will credit righteousness to your account. Was it because Abraham had been circumcised? Well, no, he had not been circumcised. Was it because Abraham was keeping the law perfectly? Well, no, the, the law actually hadn't been given yet and wouldn't be given for another 430 years. Was it because Abraham was particularly righteous or good or checking all the boxes? No, it, it says that Abraham was counted righteous simply because he believed God. He received righteousness by grace through faith. That's how Abraham was counted righteous. Now, one way to think about righteousness is to think of it in terms of right-relatedness, right? Right? Uh, meaning all the obligations uh, of the relationship are fulfilled. And so Abraham was in right relationship with God. He was at peace with God. God is saying to Abraham, Abraham, I totally accept you. Like, you're in. I, I accept you. And Paul is telling the Galatians that Abraham got rightly related to God by faith. And that's how we all get started in, in a relationship with God. We follow in Abraham's footsteps. Listen to what Paul says back in Galatians 3. Galatians 3, verse 7. He says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Those who follow, who believe like Abraham did, uh, who follow in the footsteps of Abraham, were the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, that God would count righteous, the Gentiles, that's us, that's the Galatians, by faith, 
God preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. I love that. God preached the good news beforehand to Abraham. What was the good news? What was the gospel? He said to Abraham, in you shall all the nations be blessed. In other words, one of your descendants is going to come into the world and the whole world will be blessed through this descendant. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. By our faith in Jesus Christ, we are blessed right along with Abraham, the man of faith. It's wonderful. Uh, One of my um, favorite musicians is a guy named Rich Mullins. Um, He had a huge impact in, in my life, his music did. Uh, and this past past week was the 23rd anniversary of his tragic uh, death. And, and I came across a, a, a Rich Mullins song lyric this week that I thought was just particularly fitting uh, to this text. Uh, and and this, is the, this is the lyric. He says, Sometimes I think of Abraham, how one star he saw had been lit for me. Isn't that an amazing thought? That, when, that on that night when Abraham was looking up into the, into the sky, he saw all these stars. One of those stars was lit for me because I'm a descendant of Abraham by faith. One of those stars was lit for you, right? It's, it's an amazing thought. And the song goes on. He was a stranger in this land. Abraham was a stranger in this land. And I am that no less than he. And on this road to righteousness, sometimes the climb can, seem, can, can be so steep I may falter in my steps, but never beyond your reach, O God. O God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. See, God had counted Abraham as righteous, but the road to actual righteousness was pretty steep. And Abraham faltered along the way. He tripped and fell a lot. So he discovered that he wasn't going to just have to believe God one time. He was going to have to believe God all the time, again and again. And over the years, year after year passed, and Abraham walked by faith. He continued believing God. Faith is not just how we start uh, the Christian life. Faith is actually how we finish. And Abraham uh, gives us evidence of that too. So let's talk about how we finish by faith. We start by faith in Christ, but we also finish by faith. And, And even though that's true, our tendency uh, is actually to go back to trusting ourselves to live the Christian life. We, we revert back to trusting self uh, to live the Christian life. Uh, and that's the folly of the Galatians in, in verse 3. Remember, verse 3 says, Are you so foolish, Galatians? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Uh, the, the NIV reads, After beginning by the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by the flesh? Are you trying to complete yourself? Are you trying to perfect yourself uh, through your own efforts? Uh, it's easy to do. Uh, I, I experienced this in my own life. Uh, when I got to college, um, one of the decisions I made was, as a, as a college student, I wanted to, I wanted to uh, start taking my relationship with God more seriously. Uh, and so what I did was, I did the only thing I knew how to do, uh, which was I started trying harder. I thought, well, I think God wants me to be a good person, so I'm just going to try harder uh, to be a good person. Uh, and that's what I'd learned in high school about how life worked. You just try harder. You know, if I wanted to get a better grade in calculus, I'll just try harder in calculus. If I want to get better at downfield blocking in football, I'll just try harder. So 
I guess this is how the Christian life works too. Just try harder. That's what seemed um, natural to me. It seemed normal to me. Problem is, the Christian life is not natural. Uh, or It's not of the flesh, uh, to use Paul's terms. The Christian life is spiritual, and therefore it's only possible uh, by the Spirit. And so there are two ways that we can choose to live uh, the Christian life. We can rely on the works of the law, or, or rely on self-effort, or we can rely on Christ. Uh, we can live by faith. Uh, and so let's talk about these two ways uh, of life and how they're different. Uh, the first is to rely on the works of the law. Uh, look at verse 10. It's one way we might live, relying on the works of the law. Galatians 3, verse 10 says, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be, it's written in Deuteronomy 27. This is a quote. Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law uh, and do them. Um, and, and, and the problem, according to this verse, is not um, law keeping. Uh, the problem is law relying, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with keeping the law. Loving your neighbor is good. Telling the truth is good. Honoring the Sabbath day is good. But when you make the law your system for earning righteousness, when you make it your system for gaining acceptance with God, gaining acceptance with others, it ends poorly. It doesn't go well. In fact, verse 10 says that those who rely on works of the law are under a curse. Why? Well, because Deuteronomy 27 says, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the law. In other words, if you say, uh, I'm going to make the law my system for earning righteousness, and and I'm going to rely on my ability to keep the law uh, to justify myself, then you're on the hook for the whole thing. You're saying, I'm going to keep the whole thing. And the problem is, no one ever has done that. Other than Jesus, no one has ever kept the law perfectly. And so basing my justification on my performance is a losing proposition, right? Which is why verse 11 says that no one who relies on the law is justified before God. All the law does is show me that I'm a lawbreaker, right? It just exposes my unrighteousness. It exposes my inability to keep the law. And we believed that when we became a Christian, didn't we? We believe that. Like we, we believe that relying on our own performance would never make us righteous before God. That's why we believed in Christ. So why would we revert back uh, to living uh, like it does? Why, why would we revert back to living like our own righteousness and law-keeping makes us righteous before God? Why would we revert back to that after becoming a Christian? Well, I think we revert back because law-relying is so deeply ingrained in us, isn't it? A legal spirit is so deep in us that it starts to pop its head out and show itself in subtle ways uh, in our life. For example, if you ask me about my walk with God, I might just give you a list of activities that I'm doing without ever mentioning anything about God's heart for me or what God is doing in my life. I might just be like, well, I've been reading my Bible, I've been praying, I've been talking to my neighbor about Christ. And there's nothing wrong with, with those activities, but they don't determine my standing with God, right? Uh, but law relying wants some kind of system 
to justify how I'm doing, right? To measure how I'm doing. Or, or maybe I'm overly sensitive to criticism because I'm relying on my performance for my own self-worth. And so if you criticize, if you tell me that I'm not doing something uh, well, uh, it kind of shakes me. It, it kind of gets to me. That's law relying, right? Or, or maybe it's people-pleasing or comparison or scorekeeping or excluding others or tracking likes on social media. These are all ways of trying to complete myself to perfect myself, to prove myself through something other than Christ. That's law relying. And it's no way to live. It's no way to live. And so let's look at the other way to live, which is to live by faith. Uh, To live by faith means to rely on Christ's performance, not my performance. It means to rely on Christ's work, not my work. What's Christ's work? Look at verse 13. Look at Christ's work in verse 13. says, Christ redeemed us. That's the work of Christ, is to redeem us. He redeemed us uh, from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, and again, another quote, it is written in Deuteronomy 21, cursed is everyone who is hanged uh, on a tree. Christ's work uh, is is the work of redemption. Uh, On the cross, Christ redeemed us, meaning he delivered us from the curse that we were under because of our disobedience uh, to the law because of our law breaking. So when Christ died on the cross, um, uh, he took God's rejection uh, of our sin uh, upon himself, didn't he? Uh, that's what it means to be cursed. De- Deuteronomy chapter 21 says that, it, that if someone was executed and, and then they were hung on a tree, it was a symbol. It was a sign uh, that, of divine rejection. And, and, and so Jesus got the total rejection that we uh, deserved uh, so that we could get the total acceptance that he deserved. Right? That's the gospel. And he did this according to verse 14. Look at verse 14. He did all this so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Isn't that great? The, the blessing given to Abraham might come to us because of what Christ did so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. What's the blessing of Abraham that we receive? Well, we just talked about what it was. Abraham had believed God and God counted him righteous. So so by faith in Christ, we're counted righteous before God uh, through faith uh, in Christ, right along with Abraham. Like we're in right relationship with God. We're, We're totally in, we're totally accepted by God. Why would we rely on anyone or anything other than Christ? for acceptance, right? for approval in life. But not only, not only are we in with God, it says that God is in us because it, because it says we received the promised Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God is in us. Why would we rely on anyone else other than the Spirit of God to help us grow in the Christian life? It'd be crazy, wouldn't it? I mean, it, it's like God has deposited like a zillion dollars in a bank account for us. And in that bank account, he has put unlimited righteousness, right? And in that account, he's put eternal life, unending life. And he's put the infinite Holy Spirit uh, in that account. And then God has said, all right, live on that. Live on that. Now, if if that were true, why would we go back to our old bank account that has like $27 in it? 
and try to pay our bills and live our life out of that account. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? That's what Paul is saying here. Why would we live on anything other than faith in Christ, relying on Christ to live our life? Paul is calling the Galatians, and I think he's calling us, to finish the Christian life in the same way we started, by faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus means I look to him and I rely on him for all of life. So, So when I'm feeling defeated by sin or tempted by sin, I rely on the fact uh, that Christ was crucified to defeat sin in every way. When I'm hungry for satisfaction in life, faith means I feast on Jesus, uh, the bread of life. When I'm longing for approval, I remember that God is well-pleased with his son, Jesus, and I am in Jesus, so he's well-pleased with me too, and I believe that by faith. When I, when I wonder if I can ever change, I remember that God has promised, in fact, it says in Romans 8, that God predestined me to be conformed to the image of his son, and he did everything necessary for that to happen, and I believe that in faith. When the world feels out of control, which it does in many ways right now, I remember that the Lamb of God was slain, but he's alive again, and he's coming again to make all things new and to usher in a new creation. A life of faith trusts in Jesus for everything, for everything. His life fulfilled the law for us, right? His death takes away our sin. His resurrection assures eternal life for us. His return someday will usher in a new creation uh, for us. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's the good news, and we never outgrow it. The gospel is both the the gateway and the pathway uh, of the Christian life. It's, It's the way we start with God, and it's the way we finish with God. We finish by faith in this glorious gospel. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Providence Church. For more resources and info, visit us online at www.providenceaustin.com.